Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Lustrak. I'm here with Fran Bram. Welcome. Thank you, ML. How are you? Good. And yourself? I'm very well, thank you. And it's such an honor to be invited to join your show today. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, you do coursework for training support and resources, resources to, to overcome traumatic life events. And I'm sorry, I do have a speech impediment. <laughs> It is quite a mouthful anyway. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get into this? Well, my everything that I do now is all connected to um, helping people respond healthily and well to traumatic events that impact their lives. And I started um, after having some severe traumas in my own life, ranging from as a youngster losing precious family members way before their time to car crashes or cancer or suicide. Mm -hmm. And then when I was um, a young married woman, I joined the police force in England. And then as a police officer, I experienced some different types of traumas and um, had a very, very good friend who was, who's killed in war. I mean, I've, I've been through a lot of stuff. I've had cancer myself. Oh. And um, so as time went on, I, I realized that many people like myself in those seasons didn't have a clue, did not have any understanding of how trauma impacts us, what to do about it, what not to do about it, and the fact that there are plenty of things we can instill in our lives as daily holistic habits before bad things happen so that when stuff crashes into our lives without us even having any forewarning, we actually can build resilience before that happens to help us to weather the storm, so to speak. So that's how I came to do what I am doing today. Well, it's a mouthful, but we are very thankful that you do it. <laughs> I mean, we all have traumas in our lives. No matter who you are, where you come from, how much yeah. money you have, we still have traumas. Right. We do. We do. And so, so basically I ended up because I knew that I didn't have the support I needed when I was going through difficult stuff. And also, you know, even, even as re recently as, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, some people are still being told to suck it up and just pull up your bootstraps and get on with it. And there is a time and a season for that. Absolutely. But there's also a time and a season when actually you need to step back and say, no, I'm not okay. I need help. And a lot of resources just aren't easy to find. So I got educated and trained. And for the last 11 years, I've now been helping other people with 
my education presentations I do, public speaking, and um, I work as an emotional trauma specialist and a chaplain and a disaster respond, uh, disponder, uh, disponder, disaster response worker. So any time I have an opportunity to take what I've learned into other people's lives when they are impacted severely, then I will do that. And I teach other people to do the same thing. I mean, we have our chaplains, we have our religious icons that we go to, depending on which religion we talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we, ha we have our mentors, we have our counselors, we have our family members, we have people to talk to, but not all of us know how to reach them when we're in emotional crisis. So true. So true. And I think one of the biggest one of the biggest issues is the fact that people don't know what resources are there for them. Mm -hmm. And as you've correctly said, we are so surrounded by people who care. We are so surrounded by people who can help us. But if we don't, number one, acknowledge that we need the help. Mm -hmm. And number two, if we don't, and I say we, many people are still bound by the stigma that you need to keep quiet. You don't need to, you shouldn't say that you're struggling with any type of mental or emotional ill health mm -hmm. for fear of reprisals or for fear of not being trusted at work or for fear of being looked down upon. The reality is, ML, we're all human, right? Yes. We're all human. We all have pain. We all have sorrows. We all get sick. We all struggle with grief or fatigue or distress. And rather than just ignoring it and pretending it doesn't happen, I think we need more people to speak up and say, okay, I understand that you need help. I may not understand exactly what you're going through, even though I've been through something similar, but I can show you the way to get healthy and I can hold your hand along the way and share some tips and tricks that worked for me. And if they don't work for you, we'll find something that does. So it's just, it's holding people's hands and making them realize they're not alone and um, that there is a way forward and that they can, they can recover. That's the big thing. They can recover. We can't. We're not robots. We have emotions. Every person has an emotion. Does, we're not built on not having these emotions. Emotions are healthy. We don't believe that, but they are healthy. They are. But getting help doesn't also mean writing to cause pain to someone else. Mm -hmm. It means we have to look within ourselves, ask for help to find the help. Yeah. Yeah. And it also means if somebody's crying out for help, it also means even if you don't know what to do, mm -hmm. the worst thing is abandon them. The, sometimes if people don't know what to do or don't know what to say when somebody that they know is going through something very difficult and very painful, that they can withdraw because they're embarrassed or they feel uncomfortable or they they don't know what to do. So because of fear, they'd rather not do anything at all in case they cause further hurt. So they withdraw. I would always encourage people to engage, even if you don't know what to do. And together, you and the person who's going through the difficult event, together you can find some resources for that person. Just don't walk away from them. Right. It's okay. We have our veterans coming back from war or from places that we don't see. We don't know how to help them if we haven't been there. However, we can encourage them to speak to someone that does know. Yeah. But yeah. also they need to take the step of a meeting they need someone to talk to. 
Absolutely right. And that's always the first step in any healing recovery journey, Amal, it's to admit that you need help and and not to let the, the stigma, as you mentioned earlier, not to let the stigma or the fears of failure or anything like that cause you to be stuck in a rut. Because if we don't ask for help ourselves and if we aren't willing to put the work in, we aren't going to be able to get better. And the thing is, there are resources out there. Mm -hmm. And you're right. We may not have been to war. We may not have seen what they've seen. Just like with me being a police officer, people who helped me in the end when I needed to go to um, places for help, they haven't seen what I've seen, but they still knew how to put me in the right direction to get the help I did right. need. We have all these different sections of life. We right. have our veterans. We have our first responders. We have our addicts we have our whatever we have in okay. our society each section has its own needs each yeah. section has its own way that they need help we have we don't always know the right path to say hey this is a great person to talk to mm -hmm. but we can at least say okay i heard of this person right first you have to admit you need the help mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you have to actually put in the work that the help is telling you to put it. It's not going to go away if you don't talk about it, if you don't do the classes, if you don't, don't do the coursework. Yeah, that's very true. You have to be very authentic, don't you? You have to be brutally honest with yourself. You have to be real with yourself. And, and you still, you have to find somebody you can trust because it is for some people, it is such an incredibly painful and long journey. I'm talking years. Mm -hmm. And you have to have some, somebody around you that you can trust. That no matter whether you do well or whether you, I'm going to use the word fail, although I don't believe anyone does fail. I think they can hit some road bumps. Mm -hmm. But whether you believe you're failing or not, that person will still be there with you and pick you up again and help you to move forward. And that's my message. My message is to help people to believe they can always rise up again. We have to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and get up again and again and again and again and just keep moving forward. And with the right resources and with the right help, I believe everyone can get there. Oh, yeah. We can all rise up. We can all get better. We have to be able to step back and say, I need to change myself before yeah. I change those around me. Yeah, absolutely. We have to get to that mindset. When you get to the mindset, I have to change myself, that's when you start healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. One of the questions I often ask people I work with is this, I ask them, are you kinder to yourself than you are to other people? Or are you kinder to other people than you are to yourself? And we've been raised in societies and in cultures where it's always proper to care for other people and to put other people first. And there are times when that is absolutely right. But for the most part, when it comes to health, we have to put ourselves first, whether it's mental health or behavioral health, physical, spiritual, emotional health. We have to put those aspects of our lives first and we have to be kinder to ourselves because we're so good at giving other people advice, right? When we see something in somebody else's life that, that they need to adjust or change, we're so good at doling out the advice, but most of us don't take our own advice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went through seven years of giving people other people advice. And then what, wait, if I take the advice I give other people, I won't be here right now. I'll be over there. <laughs> so true. So true. We've all done that, right? <laughs> so, yeah, we've all done that. 
we all do it. I'm guilty. I'm very guilty of doing this myself. And I'll yeah. admit it freely. I give wonderful advice. Taking the advice myself, I'm just starting to teach myself to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing is in my line of work, because I am on call a lot, um, and I work with people in trauma all the time, and I'm responding into disasters or critical events and also training people, there is a certain level of self-responsibility that I have to have because so many people do rely on me. And that doesn't make me anything different. That doesn't make me more special than anyone else. It just means that this is my career. So I have to be extra vigilant to care mm -hmm. for myself well. And um, I have to be disciplined. And that's the big thing. This type of, this lifestyle of holistic balance and wellness has to be a disciplined lifestyle. And it's something that's learned over the years. But my, my passion is to help everyone understand that they can build resilience by implementing some holistic habits that will help them travel through traumatic or critically stressful things well. I'm not saying we don't come out burned. Of course we do. It's life. But we can manage it better than if we don't put these practices into place. And so I really love educating people and giving them some tips and tricks, proven strategies beforehand so that they actually can manage better in the incident. What um, is one or two of those uh, things that you teach that you, you can share with us today? One of, okay, so one of them is, is self-awareness. I just call it self-awareness. We each, um, in those five main areas I've mentioned, the mental health, behavioral, spiritual, emotional, and physical, those are what I call the holistic balance of how we respond to any type of acute stress or, or trauma, um, we will respond in each of those areas. We will have symptoms that will show up in each of those areas. The problem is most people ignore the early warning signs. They, they don't pay attention to how their body's feeling or they don't pay attention to the fact that their behavioral choices might be changing. They are just trying to hang on to life sometimes and they're just not noticing some of the symptoms that they're feeling or some of the um, changes in how they process things mentally and emotionally. So I just like to encourage people to be self-aware. And what I mean by that is when things are going well in your life, pay attention to your normal responses when you're having a good day and when you're doing well in life so that when you are going through some difficulties, you are already well tuned in and up to your body and to your mind and your emotions and your behavioral choices in those areas I've mentioned. So that when something goes wrong and you notice changes, you are quickened to that. And that means that you can then adjust. You can think, okay, why am I feeling this way? Or why did I make that behavioral choice? Nine times out of 10, it's because something is causing you to have some pain or some, some unhappiness or some stress, and you're trying to find relief. And so if we can monitor ourselves well enough to pay attention to those early warning signs or those early flags, you could say, we can adjust, we can pinpoint usually what's causing it, and then we can work to improve that aspect of our life if something needs to be changed. Or if it's something that's out of our control, we can get help to help us deal with the pain. But those early warning signs are one of the early things that I always tell people. Um, and that's, that's really helpful. People are so, usually people are very unaware of their normal responses and everyone's unique. You're going to respond to something very differently to how I would, even though we may experience the same event. Mm -hmm. So I can't put my expectations on you to behave or respond a certain way and you wouldn't do that to me. 
Right. But this is this is where the other aspect comes in. We're really bad at comparing ourselves to one another. We just are. And we will compare ourselves to somebody and we might think, well, I don't have any right to complain because Mrs. Smith next door has got it far worse than I have. That doesn't mean your pain is any less painful to you. It doesn't mean that you're not responding in a way that you still need help for. Mm -hmm. So the, the other aspect is not comparing yourself. If you feel that you are in need of some help, and if you feel you're in pain, I don't care if it's because you've lost your job or because your cat's died or because you've just been diagnosed with cancer. It doesn't matter what it is. What matters is how you respond to that information. And right. that's what people have got to pay attention to. But people are so quick to brush it under the carpet. We look at a death in the family mm -hmm. and, oh, I don't have the right because it's a second cousin versus yeah. the a parent or someone that's closer. So I can't grieve the same way I would. No, you can't look at it that way. The pain's still the same, regardless of if it's your second cousin by marriage or if it's your parent, you mm -hmm. still grieve. You, we do this within our families. We do this when we look outward. Well, our grief, yeah. how we handle it is how we handle it. Right, exactly right. And, and so many people are quick to say, well, you should be getting over this by now. No, they shouldn't. They will when they're ready. Um, there, are, there are some people, however, who really don't manage well with their grief. And it's always good to have somebody in your life that can be honest with you mm -hmm. and say, okay, I think you need a little bit more help to help you through this. But I, and I would often say that. I think we need to bring in some other resources to help you through this. But I would never speed anybody's journey up or say, you should be over this or you should be feeling better by now. Because mm -hmm. the other thing about grief is it's very cyclical, isn't it? You can do really, really well one day. And yep. you can, oh, I'm feeling a bit better now. I must be, I must be, you know, mm -hmm. coming to terms with the loss. And then the next day you can feel worse than you did six months ago. And the thing is, with certain types of grief, it can be years that have passed Absolutely. since someone passed. Absolutely. I mean, 10, 20 years and something just hits you. Absolutely. It's yeah. always going to be with you. It's just how you handle it. Mm -hmm. It is how you handle it. And you learn, you learn to live life with the loss, don't you? You learn, to, you, you learn to move forward. You learn to live life with the loss. It doesn't mean it's any less painful. Um, and it's, it's okay to admit that. It's okay to admit that. And it's good to admit that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the other thing as well, though, is that we can not so much with the emotional response to grief, but there are traumas and, as I mentioned, behavioral choices and things in our lives that we can adjust. And we have to pay attention to, I'll give a prime example. If we are going through a long season of grieving or a long season of acute distress, or even somebody who's got PTSD, for example, there are things that we can do to give our body the strength and the right nutrients it needs to cope with the constant onslaught that stress causes us, the, the physical symptoms that stress will cause us to have. Um, for example, when I was um, healing from cancer, I had to make some significant choices to only eat healthy organic foods from that point forward because the chemotherapy had destroyed my body and I had to refuel my body with the right things to give it the best opportunity I could give it to heal. Right. Well, a lot of people don't want to spend the money on, organ on organic foods, but my argument is 
Would you rather spend extra money on organic wholesome foods now? Mm-hmm. Or would you rather have an expensive medical bill five or 10 years down the line because you continue to eat unhealthy foods? Right. Or you continue to make bad food choices. Exactly. And, and if people don't have the right nutrients in their body, their body cannot function at its best capacity. Then when something crashes into your life, if your body's not functioning at its best capacity, it is going to find it more difficult to deal with the physiological effects that that trauma will bring upon it. And so it's all linked. It's all linked to putting in these practices now. And they're all small ways. They're all very small ways to build up the bigger picture of how to respond well to trauma. But they all matter, don't they? Yes, I do. I mean, you would have met me 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 2000, 2011, yeah, 10 years ago. I have had two strokes and brain surgery. Wow. I was 28 years old. Now, I had to make a choice 10 years ago that I don't want to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. Right. So I start rebuilding everything around me that is eating healthy. Mm-hmm. That is getting my mind back to where I needed to be. Because let me tell you, when you go to strokes and have a major tra- catastrophe like that, which is where the speech impediment comes from, right, right, your mind goes, I'm never going to get better. Yeah, absolutely. You go into that dark place. So it took years to get to where I am now. But that's changing my diet. That's exercising. That's talking constantly that, you know, just talking. Yeah. It is a chore, but it's something that needs to be done. But I don't want to go back to 10 years ago. I want to move forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the thing is you didn't do that alone. You had a great resource system around you. And a lot of people don't um, appreciate the fact that if they would just reach out for help, they would be surprised. I think, that a lot of resources and a lot of well-meaning, loved, loving people would come alongside them. Now, having said that, ML, there are just as many people out there who don't have the resources we're talking about. Well, see, the thing is, my greatest research was an abusive husband. Okay. So while I'm healing, I'm also dealing with the domestic violence. In order to leave the domestic violence, I have to get better. Yes. That yes. was my motivation. Yes. I can see how that propelled you. Yeah. So it wasn't the, I have this therapy or this loved one, or, you know, I didn't have that. It was all, I had to do it myself. So it is possible to do it. You just have to do the work twice as hard. You do. You do. And certainly when I had my breakdown, when I mentioned earlier, I was a police officer and I lost my career because I had a breakdown because in those days, and this was in the UK, things are better here in the US, but in the UK, there weren't the resources available for officers who were, who were emotionally or mentally injured in the line of duty because of the nature of their job. Right. And so like you, I had to, I had to pull it together and I had to figure out, okay, what, what do I need to do? How do I need to change myself? How do I need to put things into place in my life to help me to heal? And I had to do that myself. And um, even though I did, I did ask for help um, early on before I actually finally crashed and burned. And I was told, you know what, you just have to get on with it. If you don't like the job, you shouldn't have joined the job. And, and that was very much the mentality back then. Mm-hmm. Things are changing now, thankfully. But um, the reality is I didn't have the help I needed. And even though I asked for it. 
but I was asking in the wrong place. And so that's why I say sometimes you can ask for help and you, it's not there, but you just, you don't give up. You, you just, no, you don't, you, you go online, like to you, to yeah. your courses and we find the help. It doesn't have to be someone that in your network, we can, we have this wonderful thing called Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dr. Google. And we can find please people like, you know, we can find on YouTube, we can find anything that we're looking for just by searching. Right. It, you just have to be able to ask for the help. Yeah. And as you said, don't give up. Just mm -hmm. never give up. The thing is, people are so valuable. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everyone is so valuable yes. and so worth it that they cannot give up. No, we can't. So that said, where can our viewers and our listeners find you? Okay. Well, thank you for asking. So I have my own website and that is www.com franhgraham.com um, and on there they can email me they can find a list of all of the different training courses I offer and the speaking topics that I am happy to speak about concerning this subject and others that are linked on that website they will also find a link to my book which is called what to do when life sucks which is everything I've learned and all of the training packages that I have developed put into a book. So it's, it's a great book for people who want to understand how to put healthy holistic practices in place before bad things happen. It talks about what to do when you're going through bad things and then how to help people when you've come through the other side and you're going through what I call the post-traumatic growth phase, how you can turn what you've learned into good to help others by paying it forward. That's also available on Amazon in 10 different nations. It's in paperback and Kindle version. And I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram under the name Fran H. Graham. So you can contact me or your viewers can contact me on any of those resources. And I believe if any of our viewers look in the comment section, all those links are there for you. Wonderful. So, but thank you so much for being on this show today. Oh, it has been my pleasure. It's been fantastic having this conversation with you. And thank you for inviting me. <laughs> well, I love having conversations that help and inspire others. Yeah, 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 me too. Especially easy ones, because it's, it's often easier said than done. All people need is somebody to help show them the way and shine the light on the path. And that's what I want to do. It is. That's what we all do. Or at least we all try to inspire today. Right, right. yeah. So... For all of our viewers and our listeners, happy reading. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.